Yes, people, how are we all doing? I hope we're all doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today, we are joined by one of my former teammates, professional footballer, Liam Gibson. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No, no worries, mate. But obviously, we've known each other for a long time. Played football. You're currently at Morecambe. But the main thing, obviously, we want to talk about is your story because you've got a, you've had a lot of setbacks over the last few years within football you know, along other things. But before we jump into that, we're going to start your football career from the very start. Obviously, you've been quite successful, same age as me now, 24. So, when did your football career sort of begin? How did you get into football? And then, obviously, moving on to signing for Newcastle. Um, so actually, I started off like um, with my boys' club back where where I live, um, Beamish. Um, I played there for a couple of years. I think I was about. I think I was started off when I was about six. Mm-hmm. Um, played a couple of seasons. So I was. I think I was about eight. Eight at the time when I was playing a tournament in Newcastle. The scouts from Newcastle come over to me dad and said, "Oh, like, does he want to come? Like, does he want to come to the development centre? Like, and." Basically, see what he what he thinks. So, um, my dad told us after the after the tournament, he was like, "Oh, like Newcastle, the Newcastle scouts come over, like, um, and he wants to, and he wants you to go to the development centre. Like, what do you think?" Me at first, I start, I started crying, right? Because I didn't, I, I didn't like all, all I knew was like Beamish, like all I knew was my boys' club, and I'm thinking like I don't actually want to go like. I'm a bit of an awkward person, so I hate like meeting like new people and stuff. But at the time, I was anyway, and um, so I was crying my eyes out, saying, "I don't want to go. I don't want to go." And my mum and dad were like, "Look, I think you're going to have to like just at least give it a go and then say what you think." So that's when I started like going to the development centre at Newcastle. Um, and to be fair, like you normally only do like in the development centre, you only normally do like six weeks, don't you? I think, mm-hmm. um, and then they kind of decide whether. To like push you up to the academy or not, like to go and actually play, like to go to the academy. Um, and after the six weeks, I got a letter saying, Oh, like, well, actually, like, we're not basically come back in another, what, like, come back in a, a month and like start another six weeks kind of thing because we're not like, we're not sure yet. So I'm thinking, like, Oh, like, obviously, don't want us. So, anyway, so I, I turned up for the next plot of six weeks done the six weeks again and like you play a game so you play a game at the end of the six weeks against the academy I don't know if you can remember and obviously the academy coaches are there watching and they are like kind of look at the, like look at all the lads from the development centre and like see if there's anyone who like catches an eye or anything mm-hmm. and then anyway so we played this game against against Hughes and uh, I remember like at the end I think they would just come and tell your parents like if they're like if they're going to take you like, to the academy or not and there was a like I think there was I went in with another lad like we started at the same time, and I started like I got like quite friendly with him. And anyways, at the end of this game, like the coach went over to his like him and his parents, and then like I think they they said, "Oh, like can you come and join like come and join the academy properly?" Mm-hmm. So well, and like no one obviously said anything to me, so I'm thinking, "Oh, like that's it, like I'm definitely that's me done now." Like I've already had like I've already had one six weeks. I've just yeah. finished the second one and no one's like, no, no one said anything. Um, 
So I went home and I'm like, I think even like my parents and that were thinking, oh, um, like that's you done, like kind of thing. I was just, I was just like, I was actually quite happy. I was like, I'll just go back to my boys' club and play, like play for Beamish again. And then I got another letter saying, uh, oh, yeah. like, got, like, we're still not sure, like, but you've like, we think there's like something there. So like, come back for another six weeks. So I'm thinking like, I just, it's like taking the mic now. Like, I don't like, oh, do I what, age, what age was this? Were you an 11 year old? Uh, no, 12? nah, I was, I think I was about nine, about 10 at the time. I was like about 10 at this time when I got like the third letter. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, like, that's two two times I've went now and they're like they haven't given us anything so like, mm. sh- like surely I can't go back for a third time like I look like a bit of a dick yeah. anyways um, so I turned up for the, I, did, I went in the end I turned up for like the, like the third set of six weeks and then um, at the end of that one they like eventually said oh like uh, they come into the academy kind of thing and that's where like obviously I think you you and like the likes of you Armour um, Dan I th- well, I think I was actually like with our group of players. I think I was one of the last ones, wasn't it, to come in? Yeah, like under eleven. We had quite a lot of lads that went all the way through to like 21, 21 yeah. 22 years old. I think yeah, you would have probably because I was end of under tens, and Armour was already there, Kyle was already there, Dan you was just, already there. Yeah. So, um, I, you would have probably been just. You might have been roughly the same time as me. Actually, I think you maybe. I think you, I think, I think you came in before me. Um, because I think it was like towards the end of the under 11 season with Paul and Ben. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, what I mean. When I first come in. And then, um, so yeah, that's how I kind of, so I was already up against it, like from the start, really. Yeah, it's a lot. I was going to say for young lads, like I don't know what the system is like now, if it's a similar sort of thing, I haven't got a clue, but that's a lot of like pressure and stuff like that, and a lot of kind of uncertainty, especially when they're getting yeah. you doing your six weeks, you think, right, I've done my six weeks, I've done everything I can, it's either a yes or no. But then for them to just continuously keep yeah. doing that, it it would have built a little bit of resilience though in you, definitely in terms of like keep having to reprove yeah. yourself and stuff. And then you eventually got that reward, which again, probably in terms of the things that you went through later down the life might have helped you a little bit in terms yeah. of, right, this, the future's a little bit uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I keep on doing the right things, then it'll happen. Um, but for a young lad, that's a lot, lot of things to go through. Yeah, like you um, say, I think it was because I was like still, I think I was still only like 10. Like I said before, I was 10 year old and I'd like, Already done like like three blocks six weeks, and I'm yeah. thinking, like, well, it's, it's, it worked out all right in the end because ended up. Mm-hmm. But imagine if I'd like the told us all like, nah, just... that's the thing. That sort of thing, it can especially if you went through six blocks of six weeks, three blocks of six weeks, I should say, and then you end up not getting a contract. At the end that would completely kill a young lad. Not yeah. like, imagine like especially when you're that age, you're telling your mates like. Oh, I'm trying trying for Newcastle and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, like and they're like, what's happening? It's like, oh, the, they've kept us on another six weeks. Oh, they've kept us on another six weeks, and then getting rejected. It's not only like tough for yourself, but also might be like slightly embarrassing. It might completely kill your yeah. passion and stuff for football. You might end up not wanting to do it again because you you've got that fear of rejection. So, like I said, I don't know what the system's like now, but back then that could that could have flipped the coin the complete different way. Obviously, from the way that you've kind of went down the line, um, but it's a tough one. So from there, from Newcastle, obviously you got your, you went through the the ranks. Do you remember any sign of good memories and stuff? Because you went away to Singapore, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Singapore. That I was... didn't get a chance. I was injured, shock. So I didn't get a go. <laughs> didn't get to go away with that one. How was it? Like, your experiences from like when you first joined to like your sixteen, like kind of sixteen year old. Um, very good to be fair. Like, I, I, like, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
there was like some decent trips, like you said, like along the way we went to like Singapore. That was just a madness. Like I think we we're 14 at the time. And I don't think like, I think we we're only playing like 40 minutes each way, like back in England, like just like on a Sunday. And then we went out there and we're like, we just jumped up to like 45 minutes and like the heat was just like unbearable. Um, and like, I think I remember the first game, I think we were like three and a lot or something, two and a lot. And because we're like, because we were only used to playing 40 minutes and we were like obviously playing in England, which is like, it's normally freezing cold. A bit colder. Yeah. Um, by the eight, by the I think they we were three nil up in the eightieth minute, and we ended up get I think it was either drew three three or got beat four three. Just everyone had just completely gone because how hot it was. Wearing like these massive like long sleeved Newcastle shirts, or like way too big for us all. Um, but to be fair, it was a good experience. Like the country, and that was mad. They just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the things that I, I was good. I missed out because it looked like a really professional tournament. Something it was a decent little stadium as well. Yeah, and having those experiences when you're young massively helped. And I like that was one of the big things that I missed out on. Like I said, um, but it looked like. A, did you go two years in a row? Did you just do the one? Because there was some lads who did got to do the two. Just the one. Just the I one. just went one side. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they went back again, didn't I think they went back again, but I, I Yeah, it depended on what age you were. I can't remember yeah. if, if you were if, if you were a young person in the year group or you know the one, but um it seemed like a, a good tournament. And then in terms of your obviously getting a scholarship and stuff like that, were you one of the sooner ones? Because there were some lads obviously like Armors, um, down by last one stuff, they got theirs a little bit sooner than everyone. I think mine was around Christmas. When did you find out and how was how did you kind of find out about your, your scholarship? So mate, this is this is another like so obviously at the start the 16th season I dummy knee um, which like kept us out for the, like that whole season so I didn't actually find out I didn't actually get a scholar until like the start of when you started your first year scholar mm-hmm. like I found out in that September that I was getting a scholar so I, I came in oh, yeah. for pre-season when you were all starting your scholars like as just like on trial kind of thing um, and I think I was like I came in and I was like I was just, I just didn't adapt to anything. Like I was just, because I'd missed the whole season, I came in unfit and like, I was like, you was all doing the running and I just couldn't, I, I just wasn't keeping up with anyone. I was like always behind. Um, so I, I was thinking at this point, like, oh, I'm getting, I'm they're just going to tell us, oh, you're, like, you're not going to get a scholarship. So then I started looking for like, I, I think I actually went to Gateshead College um, to like have a look at like how you enroll and stuff. Um, so I come away from there thinking, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to get like, told that I'm not getting anything from Newcastle in a couple of weeks. And I'll just join Gator College and like do like the football course, like kind of thing there. And then like a week later, like, uh, like George Joyce, the academy manager, Rami Mann said, oh, we're going to like offer him a scholar. And I'm, I was like, I think at the time, like, what? Like, how was this actually happened? Like, I, I, literally, I was like a bag of shit going in that first that pre-season, like, horrendous. They've obviously seen well, something in you, though. Obviously seen yeah. something. It's just that same process, again, of obviously that uncertainty, which is, yeah. I think I kind of remember it now, because when I went into my first year of school, I, remember, I just had my first knee injury. So I, I think I remember you talking about going to Gateshead College. Um, but having that, like, did you, when you kind of left school, obviously everyone beforehand would have already knew breaking up for summer. They've got the contract, the start yeah. of the scholarship. What was in your mind? Was it, like, do I need to go and get a job? Do I go to school and do my A-levels? Do I, I, was it kind of like, 
I'm going to just go into Newcastle and kind of see what happens. Always, there's always like a backup plan in your mind. What sort of mentality did you have? To be fair, going into that summer, I didn't actually like, I didn't have a backup plan or anything. I was just literally thinking, I'm going to turn up in Newcastle and then just kind of ask questions later. Like, well, obviously, the more I thought I would be like all right going into training, but like, obviously, the more I was training, that like, I, could, I was absolutely miles off it. Like, I was miles off everyone else. So I'm obviously thinking four weeks in, I'm thinking, oh, I need to start like looking for something else because I'm thinking I'm never ever going to get anything here. So that's when I went to Gateshead. And then, but in the end, that, it worked out all right because I ended up getting offered a, offered a scholar. But it was hard, obviously, seeing like all you. So that, and I think everyone was like, at that point, everyone was going like, because they were getting like the first wage and stuff. Yeah. So people were going like shopping and that, and I was the only one like still like getting money off me, man, like to get the bus in and stuff. <laughs> Mate, that's tough. That is that is tough though. It's almost as if like like you are left on your own. You kind of you sort again. It's just that uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen to you, um, and especially at that that age group, there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of everything. Anyway, you don't know like a lot of lads don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, leaving school and stuff, it's it's a tough time. So you've you've obviously done well. You've done something right. They've obviously seen something in you. And then from there you kicked on. So I know obviously your progression through into from the eighteens to the twenty threes to start off it was going really well. Um, how was how do you how did you find it the first like your two year scholarship? Did you have any moments where you kind of brought into the twenty threes at your first maybe your first appearance or anything like that could, that you can remember? So obviously like so the first your first year scholar like that like that didn't go to plan at all. Like I just couldn't like I said before I just couldn't adapt to like training every day. Um, and I just like obviously coming in and I wasn't fit. It just like didn't re- and I could then from then I couldn't really get in the team. So I was like I was only training and when I was playing I wasn't fit enough. So I was like I was always cramping up and stuff. Um which means that which meant I just couldn't get a run the team at all. So at the end of the first year of scholar, I thought myself I need to like work hard like this summer. Like coming back as a second year, I needed to be like like hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um and to be fair. When I came back um, for pre-season, my second year, I was like, I felt like really fit, like really fit and strong. Um, and I think all, to be fair, I think all the coaches were shocked because I think they thought, oh, like he's going to turn up again here, and he's just like, because I think at this point, I think even one of the coaches told us that, like, um, at the first year, they were thinking, oh, like he's he's finished here, he's going to just see how we second year scholar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I turned up and. Turned up for uh, pre-season and second year, and I just kind of because I was fitter, like I got like more confidence, like like even in playing. If you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I started that season really well, playing for the 18s. Um, went to Sweden, went to went to Sweden for a tournament, which was like another good good experience. Um, and then when I came back, I think it was Shane Ferguson might have been playing in the 23s at the time, like. Um, like their left back, and I think he might. He, I think he done his cruciate or something in training. Mm-hmm. So like the twenty threes have like rang down and said, "Oh, can like can I go up and like kind of take his place? Well, at least start training with him." And then me, I just kind of I was just growing in confidence, like in training and stuff. Played my first game, I think it was against Middlesbrough, like for the twenty threes, and I did like really well. And then I just kept on building, like building and building on every game game that I was playing. I was I was just keep getting better and better. And like the confidence was sky high. Obviously at this yeah. point I was like I was flying. Mm-hmm. 
And then it got to about Christmas time that season. Like I think it was would have been 2014, was it? Oh, that would have been 2014, I think. Yeah. yeah. So December 2014, and that's when like all the like when the problems started really. I started yeah. feeling like dead out of nowhere, just like all of a sudden in training and stuff. Just felt like horrendous. Like I felt like I was just so fatigued. Basically, I felt like even worse than when I was coming in as a first first year scholar. And that yeah. was like and I didn't think I could feel any worse, to be honest. Yeah. How did you how did but what was going through your head at that time? Was it just confusion? Did you think, oh, this is just gonna be a phase? Yeah. Um, or was it just like oh, I'm just fatigued? Uh like what was kind of what were your thoughts? That's what it was, mate. I think I thought because obviously I didn't play at all. Well, I only played like a fair few games in, in my first year scholar. So I was thinking, oh, it might just be because of like, like the low, like how many games I've played, like mm-hmm. for the 23s. And I thought, like, obviously it's a better standard. So I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I must just be like feeling the effects of playing, like having like a fair few games in a season. Mm-hmm. And then, mate, it just what like it just wasn't like weeks would go, like a couple of weeks went by, and I just wasn't feeling any better whatsoever. I was trying to take like energy stuff, like, you know, like over the, over the counter, like, like pick me ups kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, they just weren't working. And then that's when I noticed, like when I was starting, when I went to the toilet one time and there was like blood and that's when it like obviously all started really. Yeah. Did you, did you reach out? Did you tell anybody, like, even, like, your mom, dad, girlfriend, like, physios, anybody? Did you, but when you started to feel that change in energy, did you mention anything to anything? Or did you just kind of think, oh, this is just one of them things that you just deal with yourself? I think, um, I think I did mention it, but I didn't realise how, like, like, how bad it was, kind of. I thought, like I said before, I thought it was just because I was just fatigued. So I didn't really, like, I didn't really feel like I had to, like, tell anyone. Yeah. Obviously, until... Until they got to that, like, yeah, that certain really, point. Yeah. So was it was it one of them things where, obviously, you talked about obviously seeing the blood. Was it just from that point, like, right, I need to go and see somebody? Or did it kind of, do you keep on trying to train after that? Or did you literally just shout something out straight away? I think I trained for, like, a week. And mm-hmm. every time, like, like, every time I was going, there was just more and more blood there. So I'm thinking, like, oh, I need to say something here. And I was searching, like, obviously, as you do, I was searching online. Things mad things were coming up like saying oh like yeah. bowel cancer like stuff like that and I was like oh I need to like obviously I need to tell someone now mm-hmm. so I think I told me mom first and then she said oh like it might just be I don't know I think I forgot what she said I think she didn't really I think she said oh just see like give it like a few days and see if it settles down mm-hmm. and then it just wasn't like like the like the Years were going on, it was just getting worse and worse, really. So I thought yeah. then that's when I spoke to them, like went to my doctors and I told the like the physios and that in Newcastle. So what point were you at in terms of obviously you mentioned you played twenty because I remember you were you were playing you played the youth cup, so I remember you getting the call up to play against the Chelsea game. I think that might have been the season before you were doing quite well. You you were breaking into the twenty threes consistently. What were you like in terms of were you still playing games while like were you still being being able to actually get through games at this point? Like, what sort um, of time were you at? No, I think I think I'd st- I think I told the um I think I was playing games, but the every game I was playing, like I would feel even worse. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was like Christmas time. I think 
I think it was a game against West Ham, I think. I actually scored in that game, but I just like, do you know when you're just literally running on fumes? Yeah. Like, I was literally just like, it was just adrenaline getting us through. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's when I went home and I, that's when I said like, oh, like I'm I'm gone here. I feel like horrendous. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when I like told my mum and stuff and then, and told the physios at Newcastle and they, and they were like, just said, oh, like, well, just don't train until you kind of get the bottom of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So kind of from there, did you go and see a specialist and then? Yeah. Um, what happened after that? Um, so I had to like get like um, blood samples, um, like different investigations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, it took them a while to be fair. Like it didn't, I, I didn't really, I, di- I didn't get diagnosed straight away. I think this was like mid December when I first, like when I started like to see um, the doctor and stuff. And then I didn't get diagnosed until like late January, like yeah. um, with colitis. So it took like quite a while. But obviously, I wasn't at this point, I was just literally like going into training, but I wasn't actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. So, kind of what was going through your head in terms of not just like obviously you would have been worried about your body and what's going on but in terms of football did you kind of forget about football and the main thing that you were focused on was your own health because obviously you were at a good level you were like a second year scholar kind of trying to push on in the 23s which if you're at that level a lot of the lads who do push that high end up kicking on and getting first year exposure going on loan places was it kind of like forget about football my health's kind of important or was it kind of really affecting you that you, you obviously you were at such a point and you couldn't kick on anymore. I think it's because how bad I was feeling. I wasn't really thinking about the football. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I, it was still in my back, in my back, in my mind. But I wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I need to get back playing like as soon as possible because I just yeah. felt like I felt like really bad. Um, and I kind of knew like I wasn't really, really that worried about like the, to say like obviously at the end of the season like contracts and that were coming up. Um, I wasn't really worried because I thought I had like doing like really well when I played so I was thinking like surely they're gonna like give us another contract um but it was just more like focusing on like trying to get the bottom of what like what was going on really Mm -hmm. and then kind of when did it did did it get to a point where it started getting better or did you you kind of have to completely sack trading off what was the kind of the next few months after that once I'd been diagnosed with colitis, I kind of just, I think we're just kind of start training off for, um, I think they said like, give it like a month or something, like start taking your tablets. So I was then prescribed like tablets and stuff to take. Um, and I think it was, so I was prescribed uh, steroids and um, another like, another drug, like another, um, another tablet. Like, that was like for life really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started taking them, and to be fair, it started settled like settling down. Like I wasn't, like, I wasn't seeing any like blood, blood and stuff in the toilet. So I'm thinking, oh, like, I've, like I'm, I'm like well on my way. I'm gonna be like back, back playing like quite soon. And then, <laughs> and then I think it was like a month, a month after being diagnosed. I think it was like late February, and I was actually feeling all right in myself at this point. Like I felt like I was getting loads better, like being on the tablets and stuff. And then um, that's when I started feeling the pain in my cough. But at first I was just thinking, oh, like, it's just like muscular. Mm-hmm. But mate, like the, 
like I think it was like on the morning I first felt it, I woke up and I had this just weird pain in my cough. And I think I'm thinking, like, have I pulled my cough like whilst like being asleep or something? Like, because I couldn't remember doing anything. I wasn't doing anything to to like so I wasn't actually doing any physical activity to like um to like pull a muscle or anything. So I woke up that morning and my cough's like really hurting. And then um so I kind of just got on with that. I went into training. That I, like I was still obviously going into training, but wasn't doing anything. Um, and like throughout the day, it was just getting more and more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like the pain was getting worse to the point where I went in the nighttime. And I was still, like I was literally like crying. Like it was that bad. And like I was getting me to be, I was getting me misses and that to like massage me cough, mm-hmm. thinking it was just muscular. And but uh, and then my mom come upstairs and, and she was like, oh, like can I, like like let's have a look at this, and I think like it was dead like red and like like it looked like angry and it was like solid like the cough was like literally a rock. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, like I think you're gonna have to. I think she'd obviously start reading up on stuff, and yeah. she was like, oh, I think you're gonna have to. Um, I go and get it checked. So we went through to the hospital and. Um, and we went in the room and like the nurse who I seen was like, oh, um, she, like, she had a look at it and that. And she was like, oh, I think it's, like, I, I, I really do just think it's like a pulled muscle. So they sent us away and I'm thinking something's not right here. Like literally I couldn't walk. Like I was like, the pain was like unbearable. So like I went, went back home, um, went to sleep and stuff, woke up the next morning and it got like, I don't know how it got even worse. So um, I couldn't drive at this point because, like, obviously with the clutch and stuff, I literally couldn't move my leg. So I had to get my mum to give us a lift into training. And I was, like, struggling to walk. Like, I couldn't. Like, I was literally, like, like re- I needed crutches, really. I, like, I couldn't walk at all. So I went into training and, I, like, I said the physios, like, because um, I, was, I, was I was up the top end at this point. Um, and I think like Beach, it was Sean Beach was up the top end at like at this point as well. He'd been moved up. And when seeing Beachy, and I was like, he cough, like I think I've like, well, I said I went to hospital last night and they'd see, they'd said like I've just pulled a muscle. And I and I said it's like it's just definitely something's not right. And then he had a look at it and straight away he said, like, nah, that's not like you pull muscle. Because it was literally like he said it, like he just said me cough was just solid, like just like really like you couldn't, there was no movement in it whatsoever. And that's when um, like the club doctor and that got involved. And then he sent us for, a, went, went to the Nuffield for a scan on us. Like I think it was CT. And it came back that I had like a blood clot in my cough. Yeah. So um, like DVT, it was deep vein uh, thrombosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, great. Like that's another thing. Yeah. So, so were like, you, kind of, you were recovering from your. For your other thing at the same point, that was kind of getting better, and then this crept up. Yeah. yeah, and then so that's like another like. So I thought like, like I'm buzzing like because I, I was taking the tablets and stuff for my stomach, and I was thinking, oh, like I'm getting better here, mm-hmm. and then just a uh, another setback really. Yeah. So that just made it, like. Yeah, I was gonna say, what was the process after that to kind of recover? Was it back to hospital? Is there any any procedures or anything? So I got like uh, prescribed like blood thinning injections. So I had to inject myself every morning, like around my stomach. So I, I took one in- injection a day, and that was just like the kind of like break up the clot in my cough. 
which was horrible because like after like a month or so like literally my stomach was like a pin cushion I had like there was nowhere else I could inject myself I was li- literally trying to find somewhere I mean stomach where I hadn't already injected yeah um and like to be fair like the first time I had to inject myself it was just like like mentally I was thinking do you know like it's like know, you're going to hurt yourself I you know needles and I can imagine exactly what it's like I'd That's be like yeah I'm like I'm trying to like I'm like I can't do it I like and I actually I think in the end my missus just started injecting us like because in the end like you know like the mental block in my head was like I can't actually physically inject myself anymore Mm. Um, so that meant that I couldn't because I was on blood blood thinning injections I couldn't actually play I couldn't play because um, say if I got like a bang to the head or anything like I think you you're like more liable to, for like to get like a blood clot like in your like in your head or anything, which is like obviously really dangerous. So I had to wait until I was off. I think I was prescribed them for like six months, um, and you couldn't do anything like anything that would put you at risk of like getting a like a knock or like a bang to the head, right? bang to the head or anything. So yeah. It's mentally that would have just waited. It's like one thing after another sort of thing. I don't know how you would cope with that how long were you out for total with this one with this, the combine, um, obviously i think i didn't start playing again until so this was in the february so that this was in the february where i played with the me stomach and the uh your blood clot and then i didn't start playing again until the october i think of that year mm-hmm. which is like but like in between that, obviously I was on steroids. I put on like I, I don't know if you you probably remember how much weight. I, can you remember how much weight I put I can on? Brief, I can remember. Yeah, a little bit. I remember. Um, obviously, I've read a book and stuff like that. Obviously, I can briefly remember at the time. How did that affect you in terms of the weight gain? Because obviously, you're you're a young lad. You were oh. an athlete. You obviously you were quite lean and athletic at the time. Yeah. What's it like mentally? Obviously, which you're not in control of it as well, which is the worst part. Like the confidence in that, like that was horrendous. Like I wouldn't get in the shower. I would hear getting in the shower at football, like anything like that would involve like taking me top off or anything. Like, I couldn't. Like obviously I wasn't like massive, but because I was like lean and athletic beforehand, I just didn't want anyone to see as like in that state kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think I went up to like fifteen stone or something, and I was like, I think I was like 12, 12 stone, twelve and a half stone. Yeah, put on like my face was massive. And um, like obviously the the lads didn't really like the lads were like having a bit of banter and that, but I don't think they like they realised like why like they just thought because I wasn't training that I was just putting on yeah. weight. But it Mate, was that's actually, what I'm saying. We're talking about it, like I said before the podcast, I didn't realise the whole thing. I thought you just had, yeah. like, I knew about the blood clot and the calf. That was about. I didn't know really that much. I can't remember too much at the time. I just thought you were out with, like it wasn't anything serious. And then like I think someone told me, and I was like, oh bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, but within that football environment. You get battened for everything. Like, no, that's it's what I'm just, saying. Like, it's what it is, isn't it? But it can really like affect people who are struggling a little yeah. bit. Um, and I don't think the mental like mental health in terms of football is only when you started getting pushed the last like probably like, yeah. a year or two. Like I don't think it was kind of a th- I never knew about it back then. No. Like it was just the and even that was what like six seven years ago whatever it was. It wasn't really a thing. So you would get no. battered for everything, anything, and there wasn't really it wasn't a thing that you would talk out about it. How did you cope with it mentally in terms of like at home and stuff? Was there any like just in that first kind of that first phase? Was there any any moments like tough moments or anything? 
obviously, like, I think it was more because I was concentrating on getting, like, like better again, like, healthy. Like, I think the, like, the weight gain and that was kind of pushed, like, pushed to the side. Like, I kind of just, like, pushed that out of the way. But obviously, when, like, people were mentioning, like, every time someone would see us and they would think, they would say, oh, like, like, geez, you put, like, you put on a bit of weight, haven't you? But the thing is, I just didn't even, like, I just kind of laughed it off. I didn't even want to go into detail about, about why I'd, like, because it was just, like, I was kind of telling the same story to everyone. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, I think it did, it did affect us, like, confidence-wise. Like, I was, like, like I said before, obviously, being a, like, young, fit, like, athletic, like, athletic lad, I didn't, like, once I put on that weight, just felt, like, kind of self-conscious. Like, I didn't, like I said, I just didn't, I didn't hate going to the shower, like, anything to do with taking me top off. I just, like, literally, I couldn't think of nothing worse at the time. Mm-hmm. But and, and, obviously, and I was still on the steroids at this point, so I, I think I was on the steroids for, like, a good three or four months. So I was thinking, like, I can't actually do anything about it either. Mm-hmm. Like, normally, if I put, if you put weight on, you'd, like, go and... Um, yeah, burn it off sort of thing. That's what I'm saying. So, um, and obviously, I wasn't doing any physical activity at the time. So, I was just, like, I was kind of just thinking, I need to stall myself here, like, stop myself putting on weight. But obviously, you need to eat. Yeah. Um, Did so you start starving yourself or not? Did you start, like, not eating or...? I, I, to be, I didn't starve myself, but I wasn't, like, eating as much. Like at all, like I wasn't eating much. Like I was missing breakfast. I would never have breakfast at all. Um, I would have dinner, but like a tiny bit, and then I would have some tea at home. But like I was just so constant. I was just so like conscious about putting on more weight. And obviously, the more like the more it was getting in my head, the fatter I thought I was getting. Do you know what I mean? Horrible, horrible. You know yourself, you can't control it, but you still, it's still going to be on your mind no matter what. So, when did things start getting better for you? So, when did the, the clock kind of disappear? When did you start transitioning back to football that, that first time? It was probably like the, um, probably like June. So, I think it was when would obviously everyone else had broke up for the off season. Mm-hmm. And that's when I like started feeling like that's when I would start getting, um, start doing more like physical activity and stuff again because to be fair I could start like because I just couldn't train with the blood thinners because like I was, I could still do like bits of, on the bike and stuff but um it was more for like my stomach that I wasn't doing any physical activity because I still felt a bit drained but um once I'd start like doing like running and stuff I started like I started like doing that kind of in the June time and that's when I felt like I was getting a bit more like back to normality mm-hmm and then when did you, when was your first game back? Can you remember your first game back? Um well, it was I think it was a West Ham. I think we played oh, West actually, Yeah, we way. mentioned it that I was gonna say that was one of the yeah. games we actually played. Uh, <laughs> um I forgot what I don't know when that was. Was it like the uh, um, it would have been earlier in the yeah, earlier in the season because I think Upton Park it was like I swear it was only a few months before Upton Park that kind of changed over. Yeah. I swear it, it would have been that season. Um so it was probably like September, October time maybe. Of that year, if I remember right, um, but you came on, didn't you? Yeah, I came on for like the last fifteen minutes, but like I was still like I still hadn't lost all the weight that I put on. So me, I come on right, and I'm telling you now, I felt I was absolutely first five minutes. I was fucked. I literally could not get my breath. I was blown out of my arse. 
I was still heavy. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Mm. Luckily, I got that game out of the way. Um, but then the week after, um, I was back on the bench again because I still like I think like Peter Beardsley and it was I think it was Peter Beardsley and Ben Dawson were the coach at the time. They obviously knew that I was still like I was still uh, actually a bit heavy, like from what like from what I was used to anyway. Um, and then we played Swansea a week later, um, and I think it was Gid- Remember Gideon. Yeah, yeah. Gideon was playing left back at the time when I was out. And um, anyways, so I was on the bench for that game. I think Gideon went down after like ten, five minutes or something with an injury. And I'm thinking, I'm like, no, don't put me on here. I'm looking around the bench and I was like, there's no other defenders. I'm coming on here. I'm like, I don't need this. Um, Pete was like, oh, get ready. You're coming on. And I knew I obviously I wasn't ready at all. I think it was I was going to have to play like 80 minutes. I'm not getting through this because, like I said before, I was I was still unfit. I still wasn't fit enough, and I was still like really heavy. Well, not re- not like not 15 stone heavy, but I was still like I, I was still like carrying a bit. Um, so I, ended, I I came on, um, and to be fair, I actually done all right. I, I was kind of like I wasn't doing anything spectacular, but I was just like kind of getting through the game. And then in like the last 10 minutes. Uh, his legs had just completely gone. And I remember, I think it was, uh, I think we were winning 1-0. And there, Winger got the ball and he's thinking, he must be looking at us thinking, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to get out of here because he's absolutely blown. And I'm thinking, you're not wrong, mate, I'm gone. <laughs> so he gets the ball and he starts running at us and he like, and he gets in the box and he's like, skip past us, right? And do you know what? He just put in like a tired, his legs had gone. I just put in the way, like, just the most tired tattle you've ever seen. Bring him down, I'll give a pen away on that saw. And uh we ended up drawing the game one one. But I wasn't really like, you know, when you just think like I'm playing yeah. again now, so Yeah, I wasn't, you, I wasn't you, really that good about your peak condition, so Yeah. It's good to be back. When did you start feeling kinda of like no like normal, to normal. The fitness levels and stuff, yeah? Um I think I, so I went on loan to Gateshead in that it was in that December. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I was kind of like, that's when I started to feel a bit like normal again. Like I felt like I was, I, I basically I lost all the weight, like the weight, like I was back to like, like peak, like peak condition. Um, and yeah, so it was like around about the, would have been around about the December, January time, like the next year. And I think that's when I actually started, um, when I came back, so I only played like a couple of games for Gateshead on loan and then ended up coming back because like, so the manager that took us into Gateshead ended up getting the sack like after two games. So then I was obviously, I started to get a bit of banter about that saying that I got the manager sat and stuff. Um, so then I came back anyway because it was a new manager and he just he just said basically that I just, I like, I've got the lads who I want and like you kind of, yeah, plus the requirements. So he's like, oh, I just like head back to Newcastle. I was like, right, fair enough. And then I think it, this was like the January time, and that's when I started training. And I don't know how it ended. I don't know how it came about, but that's when I started training with the first team, like back at Newcastle, mm-hmm. which is obviously like a massive like confidence boost. Like after everything that had happened, like to then be training with the first team, like after after only being back for like five five or six months. 
Yeah. So obviously, obviously that was like a massive confidence boost. Yeah, I was going to say you yeah, had a good little spell. Did you go? You went away to thingy, didn't you? Um, look, was it Lamanga? Lamanga. Lamanga. You went away and played in that friendly game. What was what was that like? Um, it, actually, I thought I thought I done like quite well to be fair. Like, I, th- I didn't expect to be starting though, like on that Saturday, because I think Paul Dunlop something might have been like I think he'd been injured. But he was like kind of getting. I think he was like going to be fit enough to play like the next game because it was like an it was an international break. It was like probably around like this time. Whatever, how many years ago then. it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was like an international break. So I'm thinking, oh, like he's going to be get he want he's going to be wanting to get minutes into like dummy's legs. Mm-hmm. So um, so I've went away with him. I've like obviously I think we were there for a week. Um, and then obviously had the game on the Saturday. And I think uh, Steve McLaren was a manager at the time. He just like he said, it was oh, you got, like you're going to be starting. This was on the Friday. He was like, oh, you're going to be starting tomorrow. Like I'm like quite well. I was at the time. I was like quite a nervous person. So I'm thinking, oh shit, like I'm playing tomorrow, like like for the first team, even though it was only a friendly. But I was still a bit nervous, obviously. Like That's still a lot of pressure. Like yeah, it's the first team still, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I still hadn't like when I'm like mentality wise, I was still a bit like not taught explain like soft, you know, like after everything that had happened, yeah. like my men, my mentality was still a bit like I was still thinking, oh, I shouldn't really be in this position. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm gonna go out tomorrow and I'm gonna like show people like why I'm like why I'm playing at like this level and why I'm like playing with the first team, mm-hmm. my mentality was like, oh, like. Like, am I going to do well? Am I, like, thinking everything through? Like, I can't make a mistake. Like, everything like that. I was just thinking, like, too negatively. And to be to be honest, in the end, I actually had, like, a good, I had a good game. I, like, I was quite, like, I was steady away, but that's the thing. I just wish, like, mentality-wise, I was more, like, um, more positive. Yeah, it's good for you to talk about that, though, because there's probably a lot of lads who do get, like, the opportunity that you got in terms of, like, whether it be a pre-season friendly or, like, a tour away obviously or whatever it is and they probably are thinking like oh there's lads who have done this before they're probably thinking they're probably really strong and like oh I'm up for this game but I'm feeling maybe like I'm shit myself I'm, I'm, you have those yeah. negative thoughts like it is normal to have those thoughts and when you're in them positions but you just said you had a good game like even if you do have them thoughts don't like worry about it don't let it affect yeah. you because if you've got the ability you will have a good game and um, obviously it does just make it there is obviously ways around the mentality, getting yourself psyched up for game, being positive. But if you are someone who is nervous and who is a little bit shy, they still have that belief because they, the example that you just gave there for yourself, you still have that negative mindset. But once I was like getting into the once I was into the game, like that would go away. Like I think because yeah. I've always been quite a nervous person, like before games and stuff. Mm. But like once I was into the game, like that all just like that completely just goes away. I remember this like the same sort of thing. Um, I was on the bench for the first team. Like I was on the bench for the first team, and this was in I think it was in February against West Brom. It was at home. Mate, like I didn't. That was actually before the Lamanga trip, and that night before, like I didn't sleep at all. I was I was literally that nervous. I was like literally shitting myself. Yeah, I was only on the bench as well, <laughs> and. Anyways, we're, so I've turned up for the game that day and I think we'll end up, the first team that ended up winning in the end, I think we beat West Brom, like, I think it was 2-0 or 1-0 or whatever. 
anyways, because we didn't have any, all the left backs at the time were injured. And Rolando Aarons ended up playing at left back. I remember he went down with a head injury in the like, first 10 minutes, right? And Steve McCown's turned the bench, right? And I'm just fucking, I'm sliding down my chair. I'm like, no, don't, not me, not me. Well, that's what I'm saying about the, like, the mentality thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I should be like, I should have been out of time thinking, like, pick me, like, go yeah. on, excuse me. Not everyone's got that, not everyone's naturally got that mentality, though. Like, it, you've obviously developed a bit of confidence. Do you get nervous for games, like, of the same level of nervous that you do, that you did then for games now? Nah, not at all. What are you like Both, in terms of nerves like, now? Are you, are you quite relaxed? Pretty sound. Obviously, you know, like, you know yourself, you know when it's a match day. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, like, it's a different feel. I'm pretty sound now. Like, I don't... Goes to, like, goes to show, because there'll be so many... Like, I used to be really anxious, like really, really anxious yeah. before games as well, like really bad. But like once you get on the pitch and then the more that you kind of do it, it's like you, you, you get used to that becomes your norm. Like you'll be shitting yourself to start with, especially for you because you, you're norm. Like the start off where you got put in with the, the first team, you're on the bench. So when you drop down and then go and play 23s, that's going to feel easy. Yeah. And the same thing kind of, you keep progressing, you go on loan somewhere, yeah. you shit yourself, you play, oh, that becomes, and that just becomes a norm. The same thing, the higher you go. So it is interesting because there will be, like I said, a lot of young lads who do get really anxious before games, but, example like yourself like they just you just got to get through their moments and yeah. you'll get through them you'll be all right and then you'll, you'll kick on from there um which is why it's good to talk about this so kind of from there after the manga did you have any more kind of first team exposure and stuff around that time or i think I'm, i was training with them i was training with them like kind of every day but like i think i was like players who were injured were starting to come back to fitness so i wasn't really getting in any of like the squads or anything anymore I think I travelled one more time. I, I travelled away to Chelsea, but I didn't actually. I didn't get on the bench. I was just like, um, up in the like up in the stands, kind of watching the game. But to be fair, the food and that was nice in the, in the like the box area. So it wasn't really that's fun. The best, that's the best. That's the best thing about just being in the squad. The food. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> thing about being the first team. And to be fair, the food unbelievable. Yeah. That's a, a thing I miss. But um, yeah, so going into obviously the second time that your colitis kind of started kicking in. Can you remember the first inkling that you maybe started feeling, how you used to feel anything at all? Um, it would have been the... So, with the New, Newcastle got relegated that season, the season I'm, I'm just, uh, like, under McLaren. Um, and it was, like, obviously, the, like, the championship season, but, like, the season after. Um, and, like, the first half of the season, completely fine. Like, I didn't have any symptoms or anything. And then it was like the, I think it was around about the January, February time again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started noticing the symptoms coming back. And thinking, oh, it's all right. I'll just be able to control it with like medication. But like, um, it wasn't really like the medication that wasn't working. Like, I, I was like taking medication for like, um, for, I think it was, I think I got prescribed like another, I don't know, like two months or something just to like try and like settle the symptoms down. And um, just didn't, just I could just tell they weren't working. I was still like, I started feeling like fatigued again. Not as bad as the first time, but I was like, I, I didn't feel as good as I, like, you know, like that I was feeling. Um, but I think it was maybe because I was used to like feeling that way. You know what I mean? From the first time. So I kind of like, 
not like I kind of like gotten used to feeling like shit. Do you know what I mean? I know so I was can't, mean, I can't, and then I, instead of telling anyone this time, I was trying to just play on because mm-hmm. I didn't want to make myself look like a sick note. Um, and then like from that February till the end of the season, just getting through games is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Was it was it worse than the time before? Was it just the same sort of feeling? Same sort of feeling, like like I was just going to the toilet like, like stupid amounts of times a day, just literally just feeling like yeah. so drained. I think mm-hmm. one game like I was that bad, but I still obviously I still hadn't, hadn't told anyone at the time that I was feeling like that my stomach was bad again. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like putting it off, and I was just kind of getting through it. Yeah. Um, and then I think there was one game at St James's, and like I was just taught, like I would, I wasn't with it, like I felt horrendous, like I hadn't slept at all, like the night before. And I think instead of telling anyone that it was your stomach, I faked it, like I faked an injury. I, th- I think I said like, oh me, uh, I think I said, oh me, like my leg was hurt or something like that, just to try and get, like come off because I just felt that bad. Mm-hmm. Do you think you were trying to? When it obviously started kicking, was there any point where you're trying to almost like trick your own mind and thinking, no, like everything's fine because there's, there's like that denial that it could be the same yeah. thing again? Was there that sort of thing? I think that's what it, what it probably was. I just didn't, I like, I was almost like kind of just trying to, like, if if I don't think about it or if I keep on doing, like, if I keep playing, it might just like magically go away. But obviously, like, it wasn't like, it just wasn't settling the symptoms and that just weren't settling down at all. Uh-huh. So was this your was this the third year score? Was it first year pro? So I can't remember. Was it the first year first pro? Year pro. First, first year, year pro. First year pro. So the year after, yeah, yeah. So from there, when did it get to the point where you were like, you know what? Like after that little like where you faked the injury, did you kind of tell yeah. someone then after that and say, oh, um, no, I, no, I still didn't really. I didn't. I I I think I was telling me. I told me mum and me missus and stuff like that. And me dad. I, told, I I was telling them that I just like obviously like I wasn't. I wasn't right, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually tell anyone at Newcastle. Like, I wasn't telling, like, I didn't mention anything to physios or anything like that because I didn't want to then think like, oh, he's just he's just going to be like some like, he's always you just going to be sick like all, a like, all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Know, you know what I mean? And I didn't want like them to get a perception of me just not being able to like play games because I'll be ill all the time. Mm-hmm. Which I probably in hindsight I probably should have just said something anyway because like. I when it's think. something like that, it's completely different. Like you, you do get lads who like, like are always always injured, and just a little <laughs> bit of <laughs> bit of a bit of a burden. Into it. But like I used to be the same. Like if I had a niggle, I would like be like I'd try and hide it for ages and ages and ages because I knew like if you like I've had so many different yeah. niggles. Like obviously I've had big injuries as well, but like you don't want to go in and just say like oh I've done something else sort of thing because you, you just you don't want to. But obviously, in terms of your thing, it's like your actual, like your health, like your yeah. own body. It's a different thing altogether. Um, so it's it's, I can completely understand why you would feel like that. But if, if there's anybody who gets that sort of like feeling, it's the best thing to do is just mention yeah, just, it to someone. Just, when it's your own, when it's when it's injuries and stuff, sometimes you can walk it off. But when it's something different, you're like, hang on, what's this? Best thing to do is just mention it to someone because you, you never know what could what could happen. Yeah, exactly. Probably like. Like if you if you mention it early, like mm-hmm. I don't know, they might have been able to do something. I don't think they could all, but yeah. like they might have been able to do something for us. I don't know that like might have helped, but I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, 
it's in the past now, and like I, I probably I should have mentioned it at the time, but like mm-hmm. like like you said before, like you just you don't think about things like um as clear like back like back then, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. Again, you just you just wouldn't want to accept what what's kind of happened. So from from after that. When did it? Obviously, when did you mention it to the club? What was kind of going back to the doctors and stuff? What was the whole process after that? I didn't actually like so from February, like I said, until the end of the season, I didn't say anything to anyone. I still didn't mm-hmm. actually like tell anyone that. So were you still training and trying to play? Still training. I, I trained the full. I, I went the full season. I trained the full, like literally the whole season. I didn't say anything. See, I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't training. I was. I was. In, I was still being injured at the time then with my knee. So I didn't notice. Obviously, I was. I was seeing you in that training camp, but I, from my own memory, I can't remember anything like yeah. at all. I think it's because I, I didn't really. I didn't really like say anything to anyone. I. I, I wasn't like it wasn't really talked about. So like, I don't think you would have probably knew anyway. I just because I. I literally didn't want anyone to know that I felt bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like sometimes, like, like I said before, I was just trying to keep it away from everyone. Like. Not even just the physios and the coaches, and like even the players, in case someone like mentioned something. Yeah. So this time, obviously, it was a lot more serious than yeah. the than the first time. What was when did it kind of get to the point where it was really serious? How did you find out? So I think it was. So the season would have finished in like May, and I went in to see like the specialist about like at the end of May, and like mm-hmm. I think that's. I think I made, made an appointment with him or something and I just said, oh, like, my stomach's, like, really bad at the minute. Can, like, yeah. can I, like, come and, like, see you and, like, to speak about it? And he's, and then he booked us in for, like, a colonoscopy. That's, like, so they can, have, yeah. like, have a look inside, like, mm-hmm. see what's going on. So, um, actually, it wouldn't all, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the end of May. It would have been, like, the start of June. It would have been the start of June when I went in to get this colonoscopy done. So I went to Nuffy of the game. And um, like he done the call and asked me, and he come like come out, and he just said like your bowels are really in like a bad condition now, like it's really bad. Um, I want you to stay in like for a few days, but I was actually meant to be going on the holiday, going on holiday on uh, like the day after, like so the call and asked me was done on like one day, and I was meant to be going on holiday the day after that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I said like, I said I'm going on holiday, and I like I kind of want to go on holiday because of, like you know at the end of the season like as a footballer, you, like you, you just want to like after like to, it? yeah yeah that's what I'm saying. If you've had a hard season, you want to go like go away and like enjoy yourself. So I was thinking I'm not I'm not missing holiday just because of my stomach because I didn't have, I was it was bad, but I didn't feel like as bad it was go- as bad as it as it was going to get. Um, so. I said, look, I'll, I think, in fact, I think I stayed in one night and then I went, I was going on holiday on the night time. So I left, I discharged, I kind of discharged myself on the morning and then went on holiday, like on that night time. And I think I was going away for two weeks and the first week it wasn't like, it wasn't horrendous, but I think it was because I was on holiday. I think I kind of like, like you said before, I think I kind of tripped my brain into thinking I was all right, but I obviously wasn't. Um, and then the second week, I think we'd like move to hotels. It was only like it was only me, made me misses who were away at the time. I think we'll move to hotels. Like I think we were going to stay one week in one place, and then we're booked another week at like another hotel. Um, 
And then that second week was when I got got like re like horrendous. That's when it like really like went downhill like fast. Uh-huh. And that week that that week that on the holiday, I literally I could not leave the room. Just literally in the room the whole time. Yeah. Um, didn't like didn't go out anywhere. Like obviously like my missus and that was like wanting to go out and do like I don't know like do activities or go for a few drinks or whatever. And I was just like stuck in the room. I just said I can't, like I can't, I physically can't yeah. go out. And then, um, and obviously when it was coming to coming to the end of the holiday, I was then worried about going home on the plane because I've been reading stuff online. I like that, like your bowel could like basically burst because of the pressure. Yeah. If it's that inflamed already, like getting on a plane could like basically cause it like burst. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't, like I don't. I was actually thinking about going home earlier, but because of what I was being reading, I didn't want to go. Like I was like actually like so reluctant to go on the plane. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like at the end of the week, I had to come. Like had to go on the plane home. Yeah. But like that plane journey was horrendous. Just like just so like I was actually just sweating thinking about like what I read, and I'm thinking, oh, like like I'll die. I'll actually die if like we like burst on a plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you did you tell anybody about obviously your missus wouldn't you obviously what about like doctors at home or family at home or anything did you tell them about how you were feeling and stuff? Not um I think so I think I'd spoke the the specialist um who I'd been seeing at the Nuffield and um, whilst I was on holiday and I said oh can like basically I need to, I'll I'll need to come and see you when I'm back mm-hmm. from holiday but I think he was I think he went away like I think. Basically, I think he went on when went on holiday, mm-hmm. like when I was coming back. If you know what I mean. So the, the week I was getting back, he was going away, and so I got back. And um, I think my mum was saying, "Oh, like you're gonna have to go into hospital. Like you're like you're really ill. Like I was like I'm pale anyway, but like I come back and I look like an like literally like a ghost. Like I was safer. Um. So and then. So that was the day we got back. My mum was like, "Oh, I'll take you through the hospital." And I was like, "No, I don't want to go, like, because yeah. you know, like, like everyone's a bit like our hospitals. Like, I, I can't stand them. Like, yeah, also now, what, like, after what I've experienced. But I was like, "Nah, I'm not going. Like, I don't want to go." And then I think I stayed at home, like that night. And then the next day, like, I just got like really, really bad. And then in the end, I was like, "Nah, I need, like, I need to go to the hospital." Um, uh-huh. So I went to hospital on like the day after I got back from back from holiday, and then the following week. So I think that that was like the Sunday I went in, and then the following Sunday that's when I had my bowel removed. Yeah. Which was what like. Was it like what was it like in terms of the obviously they would have told you that you needed a storm, and what was it like for you to process that because oh, it's, it's a tough thing. Horrendous, like because like throughout the week. They were, they were literally like hammering us with different medications literally tried everything like they just exhausted everything that they could do um and i think it was on the thursday or the thursday or the friday um the like the surgeon come in and this like drew a like a, a mark where they were gonna yeah like we're gonna operate and i was like what are you doing that for so i was literally like in my head, I was still so reluctant to have this operation. Like in my head, I, I wasn't going to have it. 
but obviously when they come in when they start drawing like operation like you know marks for the operation yeah you know what's yeah, like yeah. gonna happen so um and that was on the i think it was on the friday and then on the sunday i st- to be fair even on the saturday i still thought oh I'm not, I'm not getting this operation done and then on the sun and i was getting my bloods taken every day so they were saying that it was getting worse like the um like all my markers like my blood markers and stuff were going up and up every day so they were saying like obviously they were like coming in every day and saying look like this it's getting worse like we're gonna have to like operate soon and i think they tried one last thing on this one last bit of medication on saturday and it was like um like this is your last like this is the last resort if this doesn't work then tomorrow you get the operation and then um so they, they give us the they give us like through intravenous. It was like I forgot what the medication was called. And then on the Sunday they come in and I said, Oh, like, um, I think the surgeon come in, it was just so matter of fact. She was like, Oh, I'm gonna go on my dinner now, and then um I'm gonna operate operate on you after after di- after me dinner. Surgeons um, are weird, you know, I don't understand them. Mad, isn't it? <laughs> like they just they were, they're surgeon, daily, don't they? God, like it was just so matter of fact. Like she was just like, oh, "I'm gonna go and have me dinner, and then I'll come back and I'll operate on you." And then obviously that's when I knew. Like I was just, I started. Was that crying. kind of that? Was it that kind of short notice? Like, oh, right, we're just gonna operate on you now. Yeah. Now I started crying. I was like, because I knew what was coming. I knew I was gonna have to have a storm. I knew I would have to have like a bag on. Mm-hmm. And be- to be fair, after the operation, I still did not accept it. Like, like for a week, I, I think I was in hospital for four weeks after. And for the first week, I literally just did not. Like they were trying to get us up on that, and I, like to to get us moving around. And I was literally like, just like lying in my bed. I was like, nah. Yeah. Kind of just rejecting it massively. I I can't like even begin to understand what it would feel like. Like not just like it's kind of it's you completely feel out of control. So you're in the hospital for for four weeks, and then when you were kind of cleared to go home and start the recovery yeah. process. But so remember, like, sorry, oh, go on. Sorry, no, you. I was gonna say. Sorry. I was just gonna say about how long after was it when you came in? Because I think I might remember right, but you came in to go on the bike one time, and no one had seen you for ages. And obviously, I was injured yeah. down in the gym. I think you might have been on the bike like next to us, all like a little bit further down. How long after was it when you kind of started? Um, so that was so. This was in the June. I had my operations and stuff, and I think I come back into football the end of August. But bearing in mind, I lost like so. I went in, I went in the hospital, and I was about twelve and a half stone, and I think I went down to like eight and a half stone, in in the space of uh, four weeks. So I lost like that weight so quick, like just because I wasn't getting the nutrients in us. I was like, I went through like, I went through. Well, it was what ended up being two operations because. <laughs> After the first operation, a week later, I had to go back in because my bowel had twisted. Oh, right. So I had to go back in to get my bowel untwisted. So, yeah. which obviously made the recovery time even longer. Uh-huh. But, what would you say was the the toughest moment in terms of the whole the whole thing? Like, was it just the initial kind of waking up after the operation or the kind of time it took for you to process it all? Toughest moment was probably definitely waking up and like saying that I had like a storm and a bag on a million yeah. percent just like going from being a normal like not that's not normal because but you know what I mean like it's it's just massive like a body image like but like my confidence had literally like 
at that point was just gone. Like, I was like, I was, I almost just thought I was a bit of a freak. You know what I mean? Like, it was a freak. I had like a bag on my stomach. Like no, like not many people. What I thought had that. Like I thought I was just like at that point I was like I'm the only person who's got this. Like I'm, I'm like my age who's got this, uh, this bag like attached to my stomach kind of thing. Me intestine like coming out my stomach. Yeah. What was the it was there any coping mechanisms or things that helped you or certain like what what was the process of you kind of like dealing with it all? Anything that helped you or was it just a matter of time? I think it was just a matter of time. Like I said before, I still didn't I still like a week after the operation, I still didn't accept like what had happened. I was still just like thinking or almost just hoping that it was just a bad dream. I was gonna wake up and I would just be like none of this would have happened. But then to be fair as time went on, I kind of got used to like having the bag and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I, I would, I still hated it. I still hated every minute of it. I still thought like me, I still wouldn't dare. Like I wouldn't come in the shower with the lads of football or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I would go and shower in like a different, like yeah. the referee's change room. I would go in the referee's change room and like, like to shower and stuff. Just I didn't like, but I, I know you would, would have been sound about it, but like. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just the confidence thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's all it is, but I remember, mate. Like you were training, it was crazy. I like, I didn't think you, you you flew. Obviously, you got back fit to the point where you were, obviously you were non-contact. Yeah, mate. You were playing like full training sessions, like running around. Mate, How did you, one. mate? It was crazy when you were when you were coming. I think I was coming back about the same time as you, um, from my injury. So we trained a little bit, but how was that in terms of getting like mentally in the right mindset to go and play football, knowing that obviously you had the storm at the time. I think obviously like it was about putting the weight back on and getting like strong first before like yeah. I didn't so basically the once I had my operation, the plan was to have an, another operation in January mm-hmm. and then another one in March. So there was like three stages and that had already been planned out. So I was just thinking I'll just go back into football and get myself like stronger for like my next one. So like there was no like there was no thought in my head that I thought that I would be training again. Like before yeah. like the next operation and i think it's just like how it happened i think like obviously like the, the the physios and like the doctors and that were like obviously made sure i was comfortable of like doing that first and i was obviously asking their advice like is it safe to do so and stuff and they were saying yeah as long as you had like a, i had like a guard a guard which like protected like my stomach and i would just wear that and then like like you say in the end i was basically like full training wasn't it yeah mate it was crazy like, I didn't. Like, I, I didn't realize that you could do that. If someone told me before, obviously seeing you there, like, oh, I thought, like surely you can't do that, mate. It's yeah, crazy. That's what I thought that as well. Absolutely crazy. It's just like completely normal. Did, when did you did you kind of get like completely comfortable with it, or were you always obviously it would have always been in the back of your mind? But was it were you at the point where you didn't really you forgot about it sort of when you were playing, or forgot about when you were doing your gym gym work? Was it always kind of in there? Nah, it was. I think it was always in the back of my mind. I got to the point where like. I could cope with having it. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to the point where it was like I got used. I got used to it being there, but I never like actually like thought, or like I could be like this for the rest of my life and it wouldn't bother us. Yeah. But some people like some people who have the same operation opt not to go like have the reversal. Right. They just keep the stoma um, and the bag on because they just think that like some people go through that many operations. They just think, oh, like, it'll be easier just to. Deal just keep the bag like which to be fair is like i don't like there's nothing like there's nothing wrong with that i think some people like might find it 
might have a better life like that anyway because they know that like you know they're never going to have any more problems Mm -hmm. yeah so in terms of that was it so was it the second operation did you have that so you were playing football and stuff how many operations did you have to have after that was it still two more to go two more yeah two Um, more so like I said, like I said before, it was one in the January and then one again in the March. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one from the January, like in between the Jan um, surgery and the March surgery, I didn't come back in. I just yeah. like kind of like recovered from the first one, ready for the second one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't actually come back to football until like the April. Because mm-hmm. they're quite serious. The obviously the reversal is quite a yeah. serious procedure big operation i think it took like the first one in the january one where you have like the, like all the like construction of it like obviously a construction but just, like the making of the like the pouch yeah. and stuff uh, that takes i think it took like 10 hours i think the surgery took like it was like a long surgery so obviously the recovery yeah. the recovery time was um was a lot longer like the second, to be fair, the second, the second operation, like the uh, the March surgery, was literally just like in and out. Like, yeah, we're still, we're still on, mate. We're still on. We're still on, mate. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Sorry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about um, it. Technical difficulties. <laughs> and so I, so literally, it was just the first one that was. That was the big one, and that was the one I knew I had to like kind of get me strength up for. Yeah, is there quite a is there a lot? Obviously, there'll be a lot of people who have had similar things who maybe wouldn't be able to play sport again. Is it quite severe? Obviously, I don't know too much about the subject. Is it quite severe in terms of you're quite lucky and fortunate enough that you're still playing at this point? Um. Yeah. Well, there was like obviously there was a high profile case. Uh, like Darren Fletcher used to play for Man United. He had the same like same sort of like well he, he had exactly the same surgery in fact. Um so I kinda I'd spoke to him and I kinda knew it was possible to like to play again. But like at the the, the point where I had my first surgery, when I was lying in bed, I was thinking there's no way I'll ever play football again. Especially at like at the standard like we were playing at, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. In terms of like obviously going through the whole process, did you have much support like in terms of your mental health, which is like a big a big topic in football, never mind that like with what you've been through. Did you have a lot of support from I don't know, anybody was anybody you reached out to in terms of mental health support? Um in like through any really dark times, was there any anything I d- that you I didn't, that did? I didn't really see anyone like like a professional group or like something like like um I didn't actually go. I just, I kind of just used my family and stuff. Like my family were like, like, like caterers. Really, like, like the mental, like the mentality side of things. Because, I, like, I think I mentioned, I think I mentioned before. Like one point, I was on like antidepressants. Um, yeah. Which was like hard. Like after after that first surgery, like, can't tell you how like low I was. Like I was really really low. Um, so like I, I kind of just like use my family and like my friends and stuff just to kind of um like get through it if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Yeah, having a good having a good surroundings is probably the best thing that you can do. Absolutely. When like and talking to people like even if you don't talk out like on things like podcasts and stuff, speak to someone close close to you. Like even just like I heard, what was I listening to the other day? I was listening to actually it was um. 
what's his name, the BBC Radio One presenter. He's just done a, a TV program on mental health. Um, oh, um, Ross Kemp's is it? What's his thingy? Martin, what's his name? Martin Kemp's. Well, yeah, Ronan, it is. So, Ronan Kent, that's the one. Ronan. We got there eventually. I watched this program last night on mental health. So he had a, um, it was his best friend who committed suicide at the start of lockdown. It was all kind of lockdown yeah, related. I've I seen, I, I seen a bit. Yeah, about the, I didn't the, watch it like that. Did see? Yeah, it. and then there was there was a guy on there who I think took an attempt on his own life, and then afterwards, we when he nobody kind of woke up on his own sort of yeah. thing afterwards. Um, and he, as stupid as it was, he got a dog and he literally found that literally just talking, like expressing his emotions to the dog and stuff like that, like helped him. It was just, it was just saying the things yeah. out like that. And he started to understand his own emotions himself. So even as like, I'm a big believer in journaling, like I've been journaling for like two years when I started going through a little bit of a, a rough patch, yeah. writing down my emotions and stuff like that. Like it works for some people. Some people might think it's stupid, but it works for me. Everyone's got their own process. Everyone's, everyone's different on, everyone's Understand. different different things work for different people like mm-hmm. but i just think obviously it is like like obviously mental health especially like now i don't think it was really looked no looked that much like like a few years ago but now it's obviously it's massive and i think like if you can and obviously always like like speaking out about things is obviously like always like the best thing to do mm-hmm like we said, everyone's different. Like you might have different coping mechanisms than me. It's just finding what works. But the worst thing to do is keep it in. But there is there is people who are sporty who 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 just say it themselves. Like, I just get on with it. Like some people do have that mentality and they just deal with yeah. it themselves, which it might work for people, but it might work for a certain amount of time. But even just like expressing it to like your dog or something stupid yeah, like that might it. work. But whatever whatever it is. Um, but mate, you've obviously battled through it well, and your family's been there supporting you. And and obviously, the, I think that the lads and stuff that we look, we were lucky that we had a really good group of lads as well. Oh yeah, oh, like when I first come back in, like like you said, when I come back in, I was just like, usually obviously knew that like, how different I look compared to what, like, do you know what I mean? When I left that summer, yeah. come back, yeah. and I was literally probably like two, probably still about a stone underweight or even more. Um, but usually, like, all the lads and that were class with us, like, but like you we said, we're like, trying to as normal sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I still well, have that banter. It's not as if, like, just because you're back in doesn't mean we can't banter you anymore. Like, we're still going to banter you and stuff about it, which I think is one of the best things, just trying to keep things normal when you want to go through them things. It was probably the best thing, like, for my, pr- probably the, the best thing for my, like, mental health was to come back in anyway. And like all the lads were like, they would have a bit of banter about things and that, like what had happened. But I think it was just like, that was better for me than to someone, yeah. to everyone just be looking at us like, oh, come and say this, come and say like, come and yeah. say that, how will he take it? I would rather yeah. like, like people like have like a bit of a laugh about it. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm trying to think he was brutal. Smithy was, Smithy's quite brutal, isn't he? He's just Smithy. like, so, so many people would say things and be like, ooh, and then you start laughing, oh, yeah. and like, oh, it's fine. That's what it was, <laughs> Smithy and Carl Roberts. Carl Roberts. Um, a few, few lines that were brutal. We used to play that like spinny game with the um, Curtis's thingy ball, wasn't it? And if you dropped it, you used to get yeah. battered, mate. There were some good things that we used to do, man. Good change room, that though. Yeah, I know. It's weird look, look, looking back at it. Obviously, it seems like it's been ages ago, but you don't realize how like good it, that sort of community thing is for your mental oh. health, especially like with lockdown and stuff. Now, I don't know what football's like, football's a bit different now in terms of change rooms and stuff, like you've got to be distance and all that stuff. So, yeah. that environment's just, and I think a lot of lads, especially in like lower leagues, like non leagues, they're going to be missing that sort of crack. Um, because it is, 
it's, it's obviously helped you massively in terms of your mental health and it probably does help a lot of people without people realising it until it's been taken away as yeah. well um, but I saw coming back into football obviously you you still had a few years well a year or so left in your castle what I was left how was it coming back after all of that and after trying to get yourself back fit again did it feel similar to the first time when you were getting yourself back fit or was it a kind of different process different mentality I think it was I think it was actually easier um, the second time to get back fit mm-hmm. because I was I was more I was trying to lose weight the first time this time I was trying to put on weight even though it was like you know what I mean like I think it was mentally I think it was better to try and put on weight because yeah. to be fair, I could get, I can't gain weight quite quick, like so, like it was like actually pretty easy. But it was just about then getting fit to come like to go back to football. But once I got myself into that like that mindset that like I was going back to football, like it was kind of just like like tunnel vision. Like mm-hmm. it was just like there was a goal at the like there was a goal at the end of like the tunnel, and I was gonna like get myself there, like whatever it took really. Uh-huh. Do you think the whole the whole process of everything that you went through changed your mentality in terms of you appreciate a lot more what you were doing as a job? And do you think, because obviously when young lads, there's so many egos in football. When the young lads and maybe you get your first pro contract and you're getting trained with the first team, you're going away, like it can get to you. And I've noticed since I came out of football, I'm a completely different person to when I was in it. Yeah. Do you feel that that sort of thing changed you at all as a person? Yeah. That's when, like, when I mentioned, like, earlier on, when I mentioned about the, like, the nervousness and stuff before games, I think that's that was a turning point uh, when I started actually, like, looking at, like, more positively. Like, I would think, oh, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to, like, put the, this, the, like, another, like, five crosses in, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that kind yeah, of... Yeah. Whereas before I would think, oh, I can't make... I can't do that. I can't, like, can't make that mistake or... Uh, if I do this, like someone will have a go at us. Whereas, like now, I just it's kind of like that's it could be from that could point. Be, you could be in a worse situation. You've always got that probably thought in your head, like look, yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be here. Yeah, they might that's what I'm saying. It can't like it can't get any worse than what it has. Like, that's what yeah. I think. Like, no, that's good, kind of the mentality that like, I have. It's a good mindset to have, and like it, it, it is. It's obviously tough that you've had to go through stuff like that to get to that point. But I think anybody who goes through any sort of thing, whether it's, whether it's an injury, whether it's something outside of football, them sort of moments do completely change you. And a lot of the time, it is for the better. Uh, and you'll learn, just, you just got to get yourself through it, but you'll learn a lot from it um, in the end. So, when was your, when was your first game back after? Um, Barrow. Barrow. Barrow away in pre season. Wasn't the nicest of places to to make you return. I've been there. I've been there once. I was a kid, and it's a it was a weird. Oh, it's bad ground. It's really bad ground. Um, sorry so for the Barrow fans listening. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, no, sorry, Barrow. Barrow fans. Um, so uh, I think we played like we had we took like twenty odd players. One eleven played one off. Um, like the other eleven played the next. Um, and I was like playing the second half. So, um, but I still like obviously I'd been through like a lot like operations and that like really took so like, toll on us. Like I was, I still wasn't like obviously proper fit. I wasn't match fit. So as you know, when you get like that was the only time like since when I like talked about like nervousness. Like I was like I wasn't like nervousness in a negative way. Like I wasn't nervous in a negative way. Though. It was more like positive nerves. 
But you know when they start like your legs and that start to go like yeah. like the lactic like the lactic acid build up and that was just like huge. I was getting loads of lactic acid in my legs. I was like, surely this can't be right. It's like literally I'm playing like barrel like in, in pre-season. It's not a big game. But obviously, yeah. like what I've been through, it was like it was like massive for me. So, and, and like I played, I think I played played that played centre half that time. Uh, played forty five minutes and. Um, did all right. Obviously, I was quite like I was quite off the pace, mm-hmm. but I was just I was just I wasn't really honest about that. I was just like buzzing to be back playing. Yeah, there's probably less pressure on you as well because it's your first game back. Like I think everyone was just yeah. happy to see you, see you kind of on the pitch. Um, but I know exactly what it's like in terms of the first game. But I remember my first game back after my knee injuries. I hadn't. I was to be fair. It was a horrendous game. When was it? it was Stockport? Um, Stockport's ground. We played. Burnley in that Premier League oh, cup oh. thing. No, did, I don't. I don't know if you did. You go on that. I don't know. No, but you had a good game then, didn't you? No, I made I, my my kicking was horrendous. I couldn't couldn't move. My knees were killing us. To be fair, the whole way through the game, the way fucking absolutely killing us because it was <laughs> boggy as anything. And I, we went from training on like obviously decent pitches to that. Yeah, but no, I made yeah. I made like one really good save in it the last ten minutes. I think to keep a clean sheet. And that was kind of like a nice little moment. Like, all oh, right, I, yeah. I'm I'm back now. So the rest of the game, I was like, oh, I was all right. Um, it's hard doing it. It's hard coming back from like. Oh, mate, it's. I, mean, it, I was, I was proper nervous. It's you feel weird, don't you? You feel like well, yeah. like it feels that you're not there. That's what I felt like. It was like a surreal sort of thing. Obviously, there was there's no there was no real fans there. There was probably like what like three hundred people or something watching. But you still feel like yeah. Oh, this is like no this one's, weird. Like the fans aren't bothered if you get win or not. Like you're not gonna no. get like dogs abuse for not winning. Like that's no. like at twenty three level. You don't like no one really like no one's coming to watch games think like shouting on like really wanting to win the game yeah it's just about your own performance isn't it really but yeah, yeah it is a, it is such a weird weird feeling kind of kind of coming back in um but I, you've, you've kind of kicked you've kicked on then from there you obviously had a good you had, you were on the bench again in and around the first team for a little bit weren't you Newcastle yeah so I went on so the first season I came back I went out room on loan oh, you've been like, on the in the January yeah. Um, I didn't really play much. Uh, like I, I think I played like I think I've made like five appearances, and um, so I kind of wrote that loan off. Um, and then the season after that, I went to went to Grimsby on loan. Um, but I went there, and so I kind of enjoyed myself a bit because I'd had like a good like I was buzzing like I was buzzing like to be back playing and stuff. Like the holiday I went on. After that written loan, like at the end of that season, probably enjoyed myself a bit too much. Like, oh, mate, to be back. fair, after after what you've been through and stuff, you deserve. And a uh, bit kind of, of give us, let us off a bit, but uh, <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I went on holiday and I just kind of just ate what I wanted, drank, just like kind of had a bit of a blowout, to be honest. Um, and then I came back for pre-season at Newcastle. You know what the preseason's like in Newcastle, though? You literally don't, like... Yeah, went to Spain. Like the, no real running, it's just a nah, bit of, like... went to Spain, mate, it was literally holiday camp. Yeah. It was literally just like being on holiday again. I, I literally just come back on holiday, I was going back on holiday. You know what I mean? It <laughs> <laughs> was never really running, it was like, well, I think I even joined in with the running for a little bit when I was, before I was, like, before I had my injuries and stuff, and it was just a few little sprints in between, like, little games, oh, and that's all it used to be, like, even I used to be up there at the front, and, like, I don't run, <laughs> so I was like, hey, what's happening here, but yeah, it wasn't really too, too bad. 
And then and then that's when so I went and finished that little pre-season tour in Spain. And then we like when I came back, Grimsby, um like their manager wanted us to go on loan. So I've ended up going on loan there, but like I said, I was literally miles off it, like yeah. horrendous. The um, lower leagues hammer fitness as well. Fitness yeah, that's what I'm big saying. thing in the in, lower leagues. So all them lads have all like have been getting absolutely like twatted in this preseason, uh-huh. and I'm like coming into this like miles off it, like just behind everyone. And to be fair, the manager had a fair few choice words to say it was. Grimsby manager was absolutely formal, with us, to be honest. Yeah. And then, so I didn't like, so the season started because I wasn't fit enough. I didn't play. Um, and then, um, so I was like, kind of just literally, I was basically going from training um, to running to then going on the rower. And that's what I was doing every day, mate. Honestly, I was absolutely gone. Like, I remember, go, like, coming home from training, I would literally just go straight to sleep. I was that tired. It was just lift. It was brutal, mate. Yeah. Just training, bro. It's the only thing sometimes for lower league, especially in terms of like the, the strength and the condition side. This blast year, there's no control in terms of, like, right, you've done this much loading on this day. Tomorrow's going to be an easy. It's just now. Every day, you're blast. that's how you get fitter. Yeah. You get fitter by getting blasted. There's no control of it. Which can burn, burn you out in the end. Yeah, to be fair, like, and then, and then when I was actually going to start playing, um, and this was like, I think this might have been like the September time, and I was meant to start like, so we were playing shoot, uh, at Colchester at home on the Tuesday. This is the Monday, and the manager says, all oh, like, brought us into his office, office, and he was like, I'm going to start you tomorrow, so you better show like, that you're worth a start kind of thing. And uh, anyway, so I had uh, I had chicken on that on the night, the night before the game. And mate, I've ended up getting food poisoning, haven't I? <laughs> so <laughs> Did you cook it? Was it your missus? No, on, I on cooked the it. Uh, you cooked it. Oh, uh, and uh, so anyways, I went into I, I texted the physio on the morning saying I can't play. I've been up all night, been sick. I was literally couldn't stop being sick. So he's like, come in anyway, and we'll like decide when you like get here. So I got there, there. He was like, he's had a lot of this. He's like, no, you can't play it. Like, I was literally like, I was ill, yeah. like, really bad. So, anyways, that I knew, like, the manager, I, I was already in his bad books. So uh, I was waiting for him to come in, and the assistant kit, I was sitting in like a little, like, like the medical room. And the assistant came down, he was like, the assistant manager came down, he said, like, oh, the manager wants to see you. So I've like I'm thinking, oh no, I'm gonna get absolutely battered here. Yeah. So I'm walking up the stairs to the manager's office and I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, what's he gonna say? So I get in the office and he's like, sit down. I'm like, oh no, it's not but that's not a good start. <laughs> and then um and literally he just started li- just hammering and saying like you're a disgrace and that, like uh you had like an opportunity to prove yourself the day, like and you've like you blew it. Um he was like, I'm this he's like, I'm this close to sending you back to Newcastle. And I was just thinking, oh no. Uh your fucking chef skills have killed you. <laughs> and I've killed it. Never, never cooking beans on toast every night before the game, keep it safe, mate. And uh to be but to be fair, in the end, like actually like done well at Grimsby and mm-hmm. like actually got on well with the manager. Like I really like the manager in the end there. Mm-hmm. Um 
So it was, it was it was probably it was my own fault really. Like I just come in like I come in on faith, and and then that happened. But like in the end, well, I probably do, I done well for Grimsby and um, yeah. probably hard I actually got on well with the manager. I think that, like when lads come from like I know for myself obviously playing elsewhere outside of Newcastle like coming from an academy and coming from a twenty threes in that sort of environment going to lower leagues like you you do have a little bit of an ego with you yeah. and then sometimes little things like that like harden you up and feel like you know what I'm like maybe I'm I'm not as good as I, th- I think I am maybe just because I come from an academy I come from a Premier League team it doesn't like it doesn't mean that I'm better than everybody else like. It's like that person next to me. If he's working harder than me, he's going to be the one starting. Just because I've got the the oh, kind of label yeah. of a in a Castle United player, um, yeah, definitely changes yeah. your your mentality a lot. That's probably the, like that that loan was probably the best thing that happened for us because then like kind of give us a kick up the arse, like the uh-huh. kind of just yeah. think like you're not you're not guaranteed to start anywhere. Like that's a mm-hmm. thing. Like, I probably went in there thinking, oh, because I was going on loan from Newcastle, that was guaranteed to start, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I know there's probably a lot of young lads who even go on loan to like Evo Sticks and National League North and stuff, and they go with that same mentality, and they're just not going to play. And nah, you probably just realise when you step when you get released from clubs or you move on or whatever. You that's when you get the lesson. You'll you'll find out that lesson when literally you you fight for one year contracts, not when you're kind of safe and you've got a contract at a, at another club. When you're going on loan, going in with the mentality is in like right, I need to prove myself, not. All right, it doesn't really matter if I, if I don't do well here. This manager doesn't like it, so I'll just go back to Newcastle because I'll back to yeah. wherever you're at. Because when you do end up getting released from that Premier League team or that higher, that better academy, like you're going to be in the real world of, of football, and it's a, t- a lot tougher environment, especially now with, with what's going on with, with lockdown and stuff. Trying to get teams, yeah. obviously you've you've done done well in terms of getting yourself a lead team at Morecambe, and um, but lads will be struggling so much with fighting for one year contracts constantly and trying to trying to find teams because it's it's so hard. I think it's because there's just so many free agents like in the game. Everyone's just it's like doggy dog, isn't it? Everyone's fighting for the same. Like there's only like there's only how, how many clubs are in the football league? Like oh, yeah. two or something. Like and there's like thousands of players trying to like trying to get a trying to get find a club. Like everyone's in the same position. Like all, like dead all. Yeah, this this year especially has been the, probably the toughest day. Like we talked about before the podcast, toughest year for lads trying to to get up, and then a lot of them are going to have to step down. And then if they step down to like like National League North and South, they've both been cancelled. The reason that's obviously completely killed them. Yeah, like it's it's obviously that's a decent level to be going to, but it's 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 a very very tough thing. But learning that reality if you if you are an academy or a, a club where you've got maybe a two-year contract and you go on loan somewhere make the most of that loan like put everything into it even if you think that you'll be fine you, you might not be yeah which a lot of people a lot of people find out later down the line um but i you've obviously done done really well about how you're finding it in terms of at the minute playing playing league two we can out really good like i've i've enjoyed it to be fair um well, in a good position in the league, we're, I think we're sixth. We're sixth at the minute, so we've got a good chance of um, getting into the playoffs. But just need to keep winning games, and hopefully, come the end of the season, that will will be up there. Yeah, good stuff. Just gonna say, just a quick one. Do you ever, obviously, with everything you've been through, do you still still kind of 
is it there at the back of your mind in terms of like is it going to come back again is it like is it still kind of in there or have you kind of forgot about it now and you just you just kind of play your game that you do now that I've had my operations um, like I should never ever get a flare like the flare ups anyway because I've like I've had my whole bowel removed so like there's no chance I can get colitis like I, like I don't really I'm not cast as having colitis anymore because everything's been removed so like it's basically got rid of the problem mm-hmm. but like um, I think every now and again you can like so, like say if you eat something I don't know if you eat something dodgy like but I think that's the same as everyone if you eat something dodgy you're obviously going to get a bad stomach but um, yeah. on the whole since my operations I've been like perfectly fine so yeah no, that's good, mate. It's good to hear. Like everything that you've been through is crazy, and obviously, like I, I knew half the story at the time, and now looking back and talking to you again, kind of thing, makes you realise even from back when you were younger, like we're starting off with that, like the six week trial thing, you've had a lot of uncertainty yeah. in terms of things, and then even when you went in for your your, your first year scholar that you weren't signed on, you could have been going to Gated, and then everything that's happened since, you've had barriers, you've had tough times, but you've just you've got through them, which obviously shows yeah. a lot to your character. And you're you are a, a really good role model for a lot of young lads. Not just in terms of obviously colitis or anybody who's suffering with that, but yeah. in football in general, because like football's a, a tough career. Like any young lad who's listening, it's tougher than you think it's going to be. In terms of trying, it, it doesn't run smoothly for everybody. There is a few lads who it does run quite smoothly for, but ninety nine percent of it is it's a lot of a mental challenge and it's ups yeah. and downs and getting released, trying to come back, injuries, all that sort of stuff. So just be prepared for like the mental battle, and obviously you've you fought through it really well, mate. Yes, so, three questions at the end, which I ask everybody. Did you have a little look at these? I've had a little look at them, I've got... A little look. Prep, I, should have, I should have prepped you a little bit more for them. So, yeah, the three <laughs> questions I ask everybody. Uh, three people you'd like to invite round for dinner, coffee. They can be past or present, so anybody you want. Um, going to say... I'm going to say the Queen. The go. Queen is my first <laughs> one. Just because I just think, like... I don't know, I just think she'll be interesting. Good crack. Yeah, we've got crack. <laughs> um, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, what's, he, what's he not get food poisoning anymore? Don't get food poisoning. <laughs> the, the food will be decent. Um, and he's got crack, isn't he? I, I love watching yeah, his like, like, Charming used to like the old Hell's Kitchen video. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. used to like them ones. Well, I love them, to be fair. Um, the third one, I'm going to say Eddie Hearn. Yeah, he's, if you listen to his podcast on yeah. the high performance, very it's yeah, interesting. Like, isn't it? his stuff, I, I read, I've just read his book, and it's just like, just basically his mentality was just like, I'm gonna right. get, gonna right. get right. here. This, isn't it? this I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you started reading a little bit more? Because that's something as well. I remember when I was like young and I started listening to the podcast and reading stuff in football, especially get the piss took out of you. But I think yeah. that's becoming a little bit more kind of accepted oh, as well, like mindfulness yeah, oh, and all that sort of stuff. I've just like over this past year, I've, like just started uh, reading like a lot more. Like you know, like the, um, do you know them, the people of SAS who dares wins and stuff that yes. more uh, and middle and stuff. I've yeah, just started yeah. reading like their books and um, obviously Eddie Hearn. I've read like a few footballers' books and just I don't know. I think it. I think it like. I've not like I don't know. I think it's a bit like common in it. Like you know when you're reading a book. I don't know. I think it's a lot yeah. better than just going. Uh, I find it. One of the reasons I started the podcast was because I'm really interested in people's mindsets and what they, how they deal yeah. with adversity, like bad like things happen in their life, and how they get to success. Because like it's not smooth, right? Everyone's had like 
bad things that have happened in their life. Um, there was one I listened to that I can't remember which uh, is it Ollie who's one of the SES? I don't remember his last oh, name. Ollie, uh, Ollie, Ollie, is it? Ollie, Ollie, yes, that's the one. I listened to a podcast with him, and I didn't realize when he was like, was he six years old? He was very young. I think his family were something to do with a circus, and he was attacked by a giant gorilla. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally, literally attacked, like, and then he died. Things like that, you, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, Crazy about like well, how people's mindsets change, and um, so that's why I've started looking into it. But that, like I said, I, I started listening to podcasts and stuff when I was in football, but kept it on the quiet. But now I feel like it's a lot more yeah. open, um, and people have talked about mental health and stuff a bit more, which is great. Um, but yeah, second question. Three people you'd want to train with, so can be football related, or because obviously it's, I'm a personal trainer now as well. Can be in the gym if you want. It, if you want anybody training in the gym, so you football know related. Or, <laughs> I know you, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love the gym. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, can I man, can I say a manager? Is like um, of course you can, mate. Yeah, yeah. First one, Guardiola. Yeah. I just like I would love to see like. Just be involved in one of his training sessions. Like, like imagine playing for him. Like, yeah, it's mad. Like, different again. The detail, different mentality. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say. I know a lot of people would probably say this, but uh, Messi, Lionel yeah. Messi. Like, saying that, like, obviously because I'm a defender, I don't know whether I would actually want to train with him. I'm not having my Um. <laughs> But Messi would probably be like up there for me. Ooh, third one. Um, you know, gonna say it's a bit of a cop out, but I'm gonna say Ronaldo as well. Yeah. Just Messi, I, I don't know, like, because obviously when people compare Messi Ronaldo, like, I don't think you can compare the two. Like some of the things Messi does is just like mm-hmm. out of this world, like ridiculous. Whereas like where's Ronaldo, like I think Messi's talent comes more like natural. I think it's just like natural talent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Whereas Ronaldo's I, like work. I like, like Ronaldo's ethic and his mindset and everything. Like, I, like I'm, yeah. a, I'm a I'm a I'm a Ronaldo fan of Messi just purely because of his work ethic and like what he's been through obviously in terms of his backstory as well. Um, but yeah like talking about mentality with Ronaldo Ronaldo is literally like like even now you'll get asked questions like oh who's the best player like and you'll just say oh me yeah. whereas like Messi I don't know like what he I don't know if he would say that but like that's just like different men like both just got two totally different mentalities like Ronaldo was just even now he's like how much money he's made and stuff like yeah, he switched. He switched on to everything else in terms of like he's got hotels, yeah. businesses, and stuff like oh, that. So he's he's clued into everything else. Whereas Messi's just like just a footballer, isn't he? Yeah, just wow. a very good. Just a very good one. Um, yeah, and then just, last one, just, just, just a very, just a very above average. <laughs> <laughs> and then last last question: one thing that you'd say to yourself five years ago? Probably good luck. <laughs> All the best because it's gonna be it's gonna be a. Uh, gonna be a roller coaster but I don't know it's probably yeah good luck but it's it's been worth it in the end like uh, right now I'm like back playing I'm healthy um probably worked out for what for what like what I've been through it's probably worked out quite quite well in the end yeah 
No, mate, that's positive, mate. I like, I like how I finished on that. But it's been an absolute pleasure. And I appreciate you obviously talking about everything on there. Um, if anybody, I don't know if you, you you've got an Instagram stuff like that. So I, if want yeah. to, if people want to message you or follow you, or whatever, I'll put your Instagram in the uh, the show notes and the description stuff down below. Sure. Um, forever, mate. But it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for coming. No, thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. No worries. No worries at all.